Amen. Come on, somebody. Now that's a that's a big deal right there when he's for you. Who's for you? Who could be if he and if and if he's for you, what? Who nobody could be against you. Who can be against you if he's for you? Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want to talk to you today about thanks living. Thanks living. Before I get started and I say anything else about that, he I, I want I want to. I want to Right now, just really quickly, say uh, welcome back to Jacob O'Dell. He is he is come he's back from the from the Army A school. He went through boot camp, and uh, I wish he was in the Navy to better um, service. But but I'm just proud of him that, that he he went and did what he's doing, and he's going to be here in reserves here in in Wilmington. So we're so proud of him and so thankful that he is back today with us. And that's a big deal. So I want to talk to you about Thanksgiving. It's a, it's it's something that. We often are over overlook. Um, you know, we we don't often have the attitude of gratitude, right? We often are, are unthankful a lot of times in our lives. We are often not don't think about being thankful about things. We often forget to tell people thank you. Have you ever been somewhere and did something for somebody and you're like, oh here, and you're like, okay, and you're like, and you you said. Thank you. <laughs> Have anybody done that besides me? I've literally looked at people before and said, thank you. And they were supposed to say, you know, because I was like, really? I just did, you know, I'm talking about not somebody that I did something for in, in ministry. Just, you just in, in random, you know. You do something, they ask you to help you do something, and you do it, and they just look at you like, oh, okay, like you're supposed to do that, right? Um, you know, but, but in, in Christianity and in a church, we should all have a prayer life. And a prayer life is not I pray occasionally. I pray sometimes. I pray when I have a need. I pray in trauma. A prayer life is when you pray every day. And that's how we're supposed to pray. Now, I'm not saying you've got to pray for an hour a day and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying you just need to have every day that you have prayers that you give to God. They could be, you know, you know what? A lot of times I'll just walk around and I'll say, Lord, I just, I just thank you. That's all I'll say. That's a prayer. See, pe people put labels on prayer and think it has to be this. If you don't pray for so long, then it's not a prayer. Lord, you know, hey, prayer is what? We always say prayer is a conversation with God, right? So if I, if I said, hey, man, how are you doing? I'm good, good, how are you, right? That was a conversation, right? So if that's all it takes to have a conversation with somebody that's right here, then why can't that all it takes to have a conversation with God? Now, we should have more time than that and take more time than that, right? But, Lord, I just, I, sometimes I decide, Lord, I just love you and I just thank you. Bless your name. That's all it takes. You know, that's constant communion with God. When you really love somebody with all your heart and soul, and when you really love somebody that you realize that they died for your sins, and they put themselves on a cross, it doesn't take much during the day to say, God, I just praise you. When I see anything beautiful, if I'm, if I'm, walking, if I'm walking somewhere, and, and I see the different color beautiful trees, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, for that. That's a prayer. You know, it's a constant attitude of prayer and communion with God. And we need to have that. Now, yes, we need to have the longer prayers, you know, when you're doing things that you can sit down and you, you can get on your knees or, or, or what have you, and you can pray. But we just need to have a constant communion with God. You know, and it must be developed. It's not something that you just can start and say, oh, man, I'm a master at this. Having a prayer life, you need to develop it. You need to be disciplined in doing it, right? You know, and you're like, well, I'm uncomfortable with prayer. Well, that's because you don't do it. The more you do it, the more you become comfortable with it. I've had people say, I don't, I'm very uncomfortable with praying in public. Okay, but then we worked on it, and they prayed in public. Like Kevin, Pastor Kevin, you know, when he first became a, you know, a pastor, he's like, man, I, just, I, I pray you know, in youth group and this right here, but I don't, like, you know, I don't like to pray on the stage. But then the more he did it, now, boy, he'll spit out a prayer in a heartbeat, wherever we're at, you know. And so because, because you're uncomfortable because you don't, but once you work it and you, you, you work on that, 
Now, you don't have to, and everybody don't have to come up here on stage and pray. But in your own personal prayer life, you're like, I don't know what to say, man. It's just really like you're talking to your best friend. So I want to tell you the acts of prayer, A-C-T-S, the acts of prayer. The first act of prayer that you should have in, in your prayer life is adoration. Adoration. I was looking in the, in the, in, on Google for some definitions. And adoration is love and respect for someone deeply. To regard with the utmost esteem, love, respect, and honor. And I was like, man, okay, you adore them. You adore them. You hold them in the most up regard. You got the most esteem, the most respect, the most honor, all that together. And as I was flipping, um, I saw this Urban Dictionary uh, definition. Typically for, for church, unless I'm making a point about something, I don't use the Urban Dictionary. Because a lot of times, you know, it's, it's a lot of times, if you want to find out, well, if you hear somebody in this generation, the younger kids, you want to know what they said something, you're like, what does that mean? Go to Urban Dictionary, it'll tell you. Most of the time, you'll be offended because it's kind of, it's, it, it's got cussing and this kind of stuff, right? But so if I'm trying to figure out this generation, what they're saying, a lot of times I go to Urban Dictionary. But I, I went past this right here, and this was just so, I actually, I mean, it's like one of the only really good ones I've really ever seen. But it said, Urban Dictionary, I said, it said a door, and it just had a little, little statement, and so I clicked on it and read the rest of it. Listen to this. Now, this is a, a, a secular um, comment, but listen to it with your spirit mind. It is when you have butterflies, whenever you see a person, yet you can totally be yourself around them and be so comfortable. At the same time, though, you're hoping they feel the same way about you and love you, too. You're, you're, you adore being in their company, and you can sometimes become a, it can, they can sometimes be a, a, become an obsession. You can trust them completely and would happily be with them forever. You do anything for that person, and they're all you think about from when you wake up to when you sleep. <laughs> Come on. I was like, wow, that is so powerful. You know, and I just didn't expect that coming from that dictionary just because, like I said, it's mostly slang and, you know, it's just, you know, it's just it's, it's language, that, you know, that, that teenagers and young adults a lot of times use right now. But I just thought that was so beautiful. And if you put that in your spiritual context, man, that is just gorgeous. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing that you just want to be with them day and night. And you just love them and you just want to spend time with them and you just would, you want to spend forever with them. And I'm like, man, that's how I feel about God right there. And so, Psalms 104, it says, Enter to his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. When you're praying and you're adoring God, we should use Scripture. That, you know, the, the word of the Scripture says, I've hidden thy word in my heart that I might, sin against, not, might not sin against thee, right? But also, you use Scripture to pray back to God, to remind him of his promises. He knows them, but we say them back to him so he can, he can hear the promises that we're asking him about. And, so we, and when we come to him, we should come to him with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, and we should pray the Psalms. You know, the, the song, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him, it's a Christmas song, right? No, it's not. It's an anytime song. I think we should sing, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him every month. Why, why is just, oh, come, let us adore him, just a Christmas song? We, we should sing that over and over and over. We should, it should be a song of adoration to him. You know, the, 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 uh, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name, David said. We need to we can quote that, and you can speak to yourself. David, David told his soul, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, and all that's within me, bless. David was commanding his soul to bless the Lord. There's a song, blessed be the name of the Lord, right? You know, then, then uh, Scripture says, The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. You know, you could pray another prayer. Um, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You could sing, Holy, holy, holy. You know, 
You know, the Revelation song, that's just an adoration song. You know, it's just, the whole song is just adoring God. In the book of Revelation, it says that he said, the angel said, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. So you can read scripture right out of the Bible as you adore God. You can read scriptures from, that David said that you agree with, and you can read that to him. It's okay to read scriptures while you're praying. It's okay to sing while you're praying. It's all, it's all a prayer session. It doesn't matter in what way. You does not have to, have to do that. You know, it doesn't have to be just, just you talking. You can sit there and, and sing songs to God and stuff like that. Um, number two, that was A. A is adoration. Number two is confession. Repentance. And you're like, yeah, but I've already repented. Okay? Well, I understand that you're already saved, but, but still we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we need to repent before God. You know, when, we, when you get saved, it's like Jesus throwing a life rope to you. And you got, grab the life rope and you, it pulls you in. But whenever you sin, sin creates separation between you and God and you want to let loose of the rope. Right? But what repentance is, is holding on to that rope and pulling yourself back up towards God. Actually, actually, it's like you hold on to that rope and God pulling you back to Him. When you grab a hold of that rope, He just pulls you back, right? Um, 1 John 1, 9 says, But if you confess... Um, your sins to him, he is faithful and, to, and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that. If you confess, he's faithful. He's going to forgive you. And he's just. He's a just God, which means if, there, if, if, there, if we have to reap what we sow, we can know that, that he is going to be a just God. He's going to be a right God. There's going to be a, a perfect verdict for, for, for what we have to reap because of our sin. But he's going to forgive us. But then it says, and he cleanses us from all wickedness or unrighteousness. And he cleanses us. I'm talking about true repentance. I'm not talking about easing your conscience. I'm not talking about crying. I'm not talking about feeling bad. You may cry when you repent, but, but I'm talking about that other kind, that little pity cry. Or, or feeling sorry. When I was a youth pastor, kids would come down, especially at, at White Oak, kids would come to the altar and they'd be crying. And one of my leaders would say, look, he's down to repent. And I said, no, he's crying. He's, 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 he, he's sorrowful for what happened. There's a difference between repenting and being sorry for what you did. And see, that people don't understand that. They come down, they repent, they're, they're, they're sorry for themselves for what they did, but they're not repenting because when they get up, they have to change. Okay? To repent means to turn away from. It doesn't mean to pray, lay it all down, and then get up and go back and live the same life. Repentance is turning from. Okay? Um, and, and repenting from your, your past wrongs and, and, and reviewing your actions and, and your feelings um, of regret and wrong and say, you know what, God, I'm so sorry for this. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change my actions. And thank God Kingdom Impact is a place where you can do that, where you can come and people will love you and, and not judge you for, for coming down. doesn't matter who's in this room. If somebody in this room came down here and repented, nobody in here is going to judge you for that. They're going to lift you up and they're going to say, man, praise God that you did that. You know, we got to get in our minds that we don't, we don't come and repent for other people. We repent for God. Number three, so adore, adoration. Two is confession. And number three is thanksgiving. I believe with all my heart, I've got a, a, a PDF, if you want to see it, of 25 reasons to thank God. And there's probably about 30 or 40 scriptures in that 25 reasons that, that um, tell you to thank God. And I believe that you may not repent in every prayer that you pray. Because obviously you don't need to go repent every single time you pray unless you just like got a, a, you know, you just need to stay in prayer if that's the issue. Okay, just stay right and just keep praying. Don't, don't stop praying because you, if you sin that much. You know, and we should always adore God. But every single prayer that we pray, we should always, 100%, we should never pray without thanking God. 
Okay? But what do we typically do? When we come to God and we pray, we typically do what? Ask. Beg. Help me, help me, help me. Right? I need, I need, I need. It's like, it's like one of your kids when they were young. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, right? Well, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds um, anything that we can understand, and His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So it says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. So instead of worrying, here's the answer to anxiety. Right here. This is the answer to anxiety. Don't worry, pray. Okay? And then it says, when you pray, don't worry, pray to God, tell God what you need, and give thanks. You have to give thanks. Give thanks for what you need. Then when you give thanks and you've asked God what you need, then you'll experience His peace. Okay, but I want to do the will of God. Well, give thanks. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Doug? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. That's, put that back up. Yeah. Be thankful. It says, for this is God's will. God's will for you is to do what? To be thankful in all circumstances. Every time you go to God in prayer, you are praying about a circumstance. There's something going on, right? You, you are praying about God's circumstance. So you're saying, in this circumstance, I thank you. Every prayer should have thanks in it. And when you ask God and you're, you're praying for, for circumstances, be specific exactly what you need. You know, we do pray for blessings, but, but, but specify what that blessing is. God Lord, I pray for your blessings. Well, what kind of blessings do you need? I need a financial blessing. I need a spiritual blessing. I mean, an emotional blessing. What kind of blessing do you need? Be specific so he can answer those specific prayers. Yes, he knows, but he wants you to tell him what you need. Maybe you want to be so thankful that you write down in a journal all your answered prayers so you can go back and be thankful for, you know, I can't think of nothing right now. Well, you know, if you wrote them all down, you can always go back and check, check besides the one that I answered. I say, look, man, look at all the things God has done for me. So, a, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, S, supplication. Supplication means to petition or to ask. John 14, 14 says, yes, ask anything in my name and I will do it. That is not a name that claim in Scripture. God is not, not, not that low of a God to where just whatever you use, as long as you use his name, you get it. It's not like you go to the store and say, hey, well, I know Joe. Oh, you know Joe? Okay, then here you go. Okay, it's not like that. That's not how God works. It's all based on His will. You, you pray according to His will, and it will be done to you. Whatever you ask that's within His will, it shall be done to you. Matthew 7, 11 through, I'm at 7, 7 through 11. I want to read the message translation. Um, I, I love how it puts it here. Do, it says, don't bargain with God, He instructs. Be direct. Ask, what you, ask for what you need. But this isn't as a cat and mouse hide and seek game that we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, um, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent enough to do to, to um, you're, you are at least decent to your own children. So don't you think that God, who conceived you in love, is even better? Praise God! That, you know you wouldn't consider even doing some of these things to your kids. But how much more God who died on a cross for our sins would he do? Can, uh, Blake, can you check the, the air? I've already rolled my sleeves up and I can't take my shirt off. 
Um, God has done, I love this right here, God has done everything possible to incite us to prayer, to excite us about prayer, and to invite us about prayer. But the problem is, is that a lot of us do everything but prayer. All through God's Word, it talks about praying, conversation with Him. That's your conversation with Him. Prayer is having a relationship with Jesus because that's how you talk to Him. That's how, that's how you abide with Him. So He, he, wants, he tries to excite us, to, to um, uh, incite us, and to invite us to prayer. But we don't pray. The Scripture right here in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18 says, Are any of you, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are you going through a hard time? Well, you should pray about it. Are you happy? Well, then you should sing praises. Are any of you sick? Then you should call on the elders of the church to come over and pray for you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such prayers offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. Confess to one another and pray for one another. The earnest prayer of a righteous um, person has great power and produces wonderful results. King James says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elisha was human as we are, and yet he prayed earnestly and no rain would fall. None fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. Say, what, that scripture's telling us that there's power in prayer, and we have power. If Elijah, he said Elijah was a regular man, and look what he did. You can do the same. You know, the, the often prayer is called the neology to theology, right? You know, the theology of neology, talking about getting on our knees. But I want to tell you right here, it is, it is very humbling um, to, to be on your knees. It's very humble to be on your knees. But you can lay in your bed, you can, you, can, you can sit in your recliner, you can stand up and walk around. I walk around in here a lot, just in this little square, a lot, just been here praying you know, during the day. So you, you can do that, you can, you can sit down, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, and if you want to. You can, put, you can put a chair, if you have a hard time praying, put a chair beside you and you sit in a chair and you talk to that chair as, and because Jesus is there with you, right? So, so do that and allow that to happen. You don't, there's not a specific way to pray. But it just, it's just like communion. You don't need to do it in jest. You know, don't just lay down because you're tired when you're praying. You know, there needs to be something, you know, and I know sometimes when you pray as you're going to sleep, and I understand that's a different story. But I'm just saying, well, I'm going to pray, so I'm going to go lay down and pray. Well, that's, you know, well, then probably you're, you're just being lazy, and you don't, you know, you, want to, you don't want to be uncomfortable, you know. So we need to be careful with that. And the next one. And, and, and let me say up front that, that I'm, I'm talking about this message right here because I feel like the church in general, not just our church, all churches are missing the, the, the benefit of prayer and thanksgiving. We talk about this during the year, but the thing is, is we as a church and as a people, we don't pray enough. We ask all the time, but we do not pray enough. And, and if we want to continue, continue to see God move like He has been here at Kingdom Impact, then we got to get on our knees and we got to pray. The Christian life is, is won or lost in a consistent, faithful practice of our basic faith, prayer, witnessing, fellowship, worship, discipleship, ministry, Bible study, giving. You know, we got to get back to the basics. I mentioned this a lot, um, but, but for him, he used to sing this song, is we need to get back to the basics of life, a life that is pure and a heart that is blind. You know, that we just need to get back to the basics of life, of, of praying, praying to God and seeking God, right? But the thing is, is if we don't get on our knees, God won't get on his feet. 
Okay? What are you talking about? Well, Stephen. When Stephen, he fell down, they were stoning him, and he was on the ground on his knees, and he was praying for those people that, he, that were in front of him that were stoning him. And it says he looked up and saw the, the, Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. He was on his knees. And that's the only place you're going to find in the whole entire Bible that, that, Steve, that Jesus was standing beside the right hand of the Father. Everywhere else, it says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So he was on his knees. And so when you get on your knees and you, and you begin to pray, God stands up for you. Jesus stands up for you. You know, and when we bow our heads in prayer, you are actually looking up in the Spirit. Your head may be bowed in humility, but your spirit's looking upward to God. And when the church prays, in general, God gets involved in it. Let me give you seven quick prayers, I mean, seven quick keys to effective prayer. Number one, a sanctified prayer. Sanctified prayer is not about how sanctified and pray all you. It's not on your voice. You're not sanctified because you say uh, things. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Not like the old Church of God preacher, right? Okay, the thing is, but, but the, it's not the position of your voice. It's not the position of, of where you're standing at or, or whatever. It's, a true prayer is all about the position of your heart. Is your heart positioned and your posture towards Christ and towards heaven. That's all about the posture. Sanctified prayer is, is one that is uttered from the depths of your heart. And it's sanctified, it's anointed, it's set apart. It's just not a regular old prayer just that you mumble and repeat over and over and over. It's a prayer from your heart. A sanctified prayer. Do you know, do you know that Jesus does not hear, that God does not hear the prayers of a sinner? And that freaks people out. They don't want to hear that. Well, let me, just so you don't think it's just me saying it, let me read chapter, John chapter 9, verse 31. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. But he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. The prayer that God will hear from a sinner is a prayer of salvation. That's the only prayer that God hears of a sinner. Why? Because you're not serving him. You, he's not your sugar daddy. He, you just don't, hey, I need a little something. Can I pray to you today? No. I, Father, I'm your child, and I love you, and I need you. Then he answers your prayers. But we feel like that just anybody, just anybody wants to pray. Just, you tell, we tell sinners, just pray about it. Well, that don't even make sense. Why aren't we saying, hey, if you want your prayers as why don't, why, don't you why don't you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ so he can help you with your prayers and answer your prayers? God, he's not a bad God. He's just saying, you don't want to serve me, but you want your answers prayer. Answers, your prayers answered. You don't want to serve me, and you don't want to repent of your sins. You want to live your own life, but you want the benefits of what I can give you. See, at first you might think it sounds a little, you know, a little, a little awkward, but, but really it's all about selfishness. That we get selfish and we're like, I'm not a Christian, but God, I want you to help me and bless me. And th Okay, if that was really true, if God answered the prayers of, of sinners uh, like that, then why would, it, why would they ever become a Christian? What would be the benefit? Well, you know what, I'm just, okay, I can pray. I don't, need to, I don't need to accept God. I can just pray and he'll answer all my prayers. John 9, 31. When you pray for salvation, it gives you an access, instant access to the throne room. When you pray for the very first time and you say, God, forgive me for my sins, come into my life, you know, create in me a clean heart, and Jesus' name, amen, that moment you have access to the throne of grace. You have access that moment to the most holy of holies. At that moment when you pray, you have access to the king, the king of kings. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into the, uh, heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is new, life-giving way 
that Christ has opened up for us through the sacred curtain by means of his death for us. Whenever he, whenever he died, um, Scripture says that the, the veil was rent in two from the top to bottom, signifying that, that no man ripped it, but God ripped it from top to bottom. And since we have a high priest who rules over God's people, let us go right into his presence of God with, with true hearts fully trusting him. For our evil consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. Number two, steadfast prayer. Too often we give up on prayer too easily. We pray for a little while, it doesn't happen, doesn't, you know, and we, we give up, we turn around. We, we get discouraged because God doesn't answer our prayer in the timeline that we've given him. You know, it's not, it's not like that. You know, I learned, I learned a long time ago that God will only answer. He will answer every prayer you ask. There's, there's no question. He will 100% answer every question, every prayer you ever pray with four, with four answers, one of four answers. He'll say, yes, no, wait, or I got a better plan. Those are the only four things you're ever going to hear from God. If you listen for those four things, you'll hear, yes, no, wait, not now, good idea, wrong timing. Or you know what? I hear you, but that's only going to get you so far. That's only going to help you so much. Let me bless you. Let me help you and get you to where you need to be. And if you listen to me, we could, we could do that. We could do that. But I got a whole lot better plan for you. That, you, you are shooting to shoot for the stars. You're not shooting for the stars. You're just, you're just shooting for the top of your house. Let's just go all the way to the moon, right? God will answer your prayers. But first you have to pray steadfastly and not give up. Luke 18, um, one day Jesus was talking to his disciples and illustrating how we should have constant prayer. And, and there, there was a judge in a certain city that said, who was a, who was a godless um, man with great, there was a, um, a judge in a certain city who was a godless man with great contempt for everyone. A widow came to this city for justice um, and appealing to this, this judge. And so the judge ignored her for a while, but eventually he, she wore him out. Have you ever had your kids or somebody, you, they asked you and asked you and asked you, they just wore you out because it's just, you're like, oh my gosh, you'll wear me out. Okay, it says, he, it says the judge got wore out by this lady. But this woman, is, it says in Scripture, it says, she is driving me crazy. I am going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord, then Jesus said, learn a lesson from this evil judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to those chosen people who plead with him day and night? Will he not keep, um, put, will he put, keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when I, the Son of Man, return, how many of you will I find who have faith? So we're supposed to go before God. You can keep asking Him, keep asking Him, and then thank Him. God, I thank you that you're doing this. I'm asking you for this, but I'm thanking you that you're going to do it. And I'm believing, I'm believing, God, I'm believing. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your hope. Keep going, especially if God gave you a word on something, hold on to it. Charles Spurgeon said, I love this. It's beautiful. I use this sometimes when I'm talking about prayer. He says, Paul pulls, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul. Prayer pulls the rope down below the great bell rings above in God's ears. So whenever, whenever prayer, when we pray, it's pulling that great, that great big rope, spiritual rope, and the bell rings in heaven's ears, right? Some scarcely even ring the bell, for they pray too languidly, which is without spirit or enthusiasm or sluggish. But others give only an occasional jerk at the rope. 
But he who communicates with heaven is a man who grasps the rope and boldly pulls continuously with all his might. Constantly before God. Constantly, your voice being, he's never going to say, oh my gosh, he's not going to be like that, that, the unjust judge. You're wearing me out. I'm tired of hearing your voice. Your voice is precious. It's like a little child. You just love to hear their voice, right? If I told you that there was a telephone, if I told you right here, this telephone right here, I've charged it up, it's, it's, it's unplugged and it's on the floor. But this, this plug, this, this, this phone here, I got a direct, I got it specially made, and it is, it was tore up too. Um, um, but if I told you that it had a direct access to the throne of grace, and if you came up here, anybody want to make a quick phone call, you can come make a phone call right now, and you, you, God would answer. If I said that, so many of you, if you truly believe me, that when I said that, and I was a man of my word, and you felt that, you would come running up here to grab this phone, Right? Was anybody, would anybody, if I really, if this, if this really was access to God the Father, and it truly was connected straight to God, and I said, all you got to do is come up here and make a phone call, is there anybody in here who would not come running to, to answer a call? Everybody would like, I, mean, I want to talk to God. I need to talk to God. I need to talk to God, right? Well, here's the deal. Prayer is your direct hotline to God. You never pray to God that he doesn't listen. He may not answer right away, but he always listens. Whenever, you know, Daniel, he prayed on the first day. On the 21st day, God said, hey, I heard you the first day you prayed, but I've had warfare I'm getting through to get to you and answer this prayer. So sometimes it takes some time. But the thing is, is we got to pray to God. Pray to God and talk to him. The moment you pray, you have access to him. The moment you speak, he hears your voice. How can that happen? Because he's God. That's all it is. God says, ask, ask and you shall find. Seek, and I mean, ask and it shall be answered to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Over and over and over again. Number three, spe um, specified or specific prayers. It's important that we be specific, but also it's important who, that we pray in unison and together with other people. And um, Matthew 20 is tucked away in a little scripture. Matthew 20 and 29, we talk about blind Bartimaeus calling out to God all the time. But we forget about this little scripture here. It says, And they departed from Jericho. A great multitude followed them. And behold, the two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, um, have mercy on us, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should have held their peace. But, and they cried even the more, saying, Have mercy on us, and, O Lord, the son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, what, will you, what shall I do for you? Again, be specific. God knows what you want, but he wants you to tell him what you need. Be specific. And it says, Then they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and opened their eyes. Um, they received sight and they followed him. Every major move of God in the history of the United States or around the world was more than one person that prayed together in unison and prayed for a revival. You're not going to find a revival anywhere that one person prayed for a revival and then it came. Okay, you always find a group of people coming together. It may be a small group, but it's a group of people praying together for revival. And we need to pray together for things. We need to pray over our community together. We need to pray over our, our government and our, our family and our friends together. It's important. Number four, sensitive prayer. 
Do you know that prayer is a two-way street? So many people pray and say, God, give me, give me, give me. I love you. I praise you. I adore you. I act thanksgiving, supplication. Amen. And they walk away. And God's like, well, I got an answer to all that. But you're not listening. God has the answer to everything. But we're so quick to tell him what we want, and then we leave and walk out the door. And he's like, well, next time you come back, maybe I'll talk to you. Because we want to tell him what we want, and we want to leave. But God wants us to spend time and yield ourselves. There, be, there needs to be some time in your prayer time that you are just silent. And I know it, bo- it bothers you. It's, but you just need to be silent and listen to God. If you want to have a little bit of music in the background, maybe just quietly, that's fine. Maybe that's how you flow. But, but just, it just needs to be silence, and you just need to listen to God. Quit talking, shut your mouth, and just listen. And let God speak back. It may not be in an audible voice. It may be in a gut feeling. It may be something you feel in your heart. It may be an emotion. It may be this. It may be something that you just feel, and you just need to trust God and go with that. But we have to start giving God time to talk back. We run our mouths to Him, and then He wants to talk so bad to us. It's just like, it's just like I, I, I come talk to, to over here and, and, and talk to you, um, Nick. And um, whenever you're, I'm talking to you, and I'm asking you a question. Hey, man, um, I need to know what to do about my phone. My phone's all jacked up, and I know you know a lot about that. So my phone's all jacked up. I need to help. Can you please help me? I want you to help me. Can you please help me? I don't know what to do. I really need it. It's really important. Man, this, this man, I'm expecting the most important phone call of my life. I need it. Please, I need it, okay? And I turn around and walk off. He has all the answers right there. He's ready to give them to me. But I didn't give him time to answer. And we don't give God time to answer. We need to be sensitive to God. Number five, a spirit-filled prayer. Spirit-filled prayer. It needs to be inspired. When you're praying, it needs to be a spirit-filled prayer. Yes, I'm talking about your your prayer language where you can pray that the enemy can't intercede, the enemy can't mess with, he don't understand it. You know, it's directly, it's a prayer from the the Holy Father um, and Spirit Spirit of God straight to you and his intercession and all that. And I'm talking about that kind of prayer as well. But I'm also talking about the spirit-led prayer. You ever heard somebody pray and they were praying and right in the middle of their prayer, their, their prayer changed? You felt power and authority and, 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 and boldness in their prayer, that's a spirit-led and spirit-filled prayer that focuses and fashions and filters our praying. And you pray, you begin to pray things, and you're praying, and you're like, man, I didn't, I didn't even know I had that in me, right? Jude 20 tells us, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm talking about that prayer, the Holy Spirit leads, and also the prayer, praying in your prayer language. But in, in, in the Living Bible, I love how it says, But you, dear friends, must build yourself up ever more strongly upon the foundation of your holy faith, learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. Number six, here's a super important one. Super important one. A surrendered prayer. The key pertains, this key pertains to believers' willingness to su- submit to the Lord's will in your prayer. Okay, you know, we, we, we feel like somehow God's obligated to, to meet our needs and what we want and our desires. That's just not true. That's a false doctrine. It's not, it's, it's a false teaching. Um, to, to dare to claim authority over God, that God, I tell you, and you're my waiter, and, 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 and I, you do what I want when I want it. We have to learn to pray according to the Father's will. Do you know Jesus Christ didn't get his prayers answered one time? Do you know that? He prayed in the... In, 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 in the the garden of Gethsemane Lord if you could take this cup from me if you could take this cup from me but then he prayed he ended it with a surrendered prayer 
God, if you could take this cup from me, I want you to take this from me. I, it's, I'm, I'm in my human flesh. It's hurting. It's, it's, it's gruesome. It's nasty. It's horrible, horrific, most horrific death ever. ever. Man, it's just, oh, can you take this cup from me? Then he prayed with the surrender prayer. But God, your will be done, not mine. So many times we pray for something, you know, but we always got to pray God's will be done because we don't understand. We don't see the whole picture. We don't know why things are wrong. We don't know why God don't answer the prayers that we pray. God, do this, do this. God, well, we need this. We want this, God. But, but God, your will be done. And then when God does, does his will, we don't understand why he didn't do it the way we wanted him to. We have to surrender to God and say, God, I know you see the big picture. I know you see things that I don't see. I know you understand things I don't understand. And I know this may be good for me in the short term, but in the long term it's not. This may be good for them in the, long, in the short term, but in the long term it's not. We so often even pray for other people and say, God, Lord, we want this person blessed and healed and all this kind of stuff. But the thing is, is in the long term, it might not be God's best plan for them. And we got to always say, God, your will be done. God doesn't answer all the prayers we want him to the way he wants them to. Shakespeare wrote in, in um, uh, uh, Antoinette, no, I'll think about it in a minute. He wrote it in a Shakespeare play. It says, We ignorant of ourselves beg often our own harms, which we wise powers deny us for our good. So we find profit by losing our prayers. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers, and it's for our own good. We pray for something so hard and want God so hard to do. Uh, Anthony Cleopatra, I think it was. But we want so, so hard, we want our prayers answered because we hear, God, we want this, we want this, we want this. And God doesn't answer. And then you find out in the long run, you know what? Wow, this turned out so much better because God works all things out for the good. God, God has a plan. He has a plan and a hope in the future. And he understands. He knows things. He knows things that we don't. And we have to submit to God's will and say, God, I don't understand it. I don't know why you're not answering my prayer. But you know what? I submit to your will and your will be done because there's some reason that I don't know. And I will when I get to heaven. But until then, I'm just going to have to trust you. Number seven, a service-centered prayer. And that's just a prayer of service to God. This is my last point. We do so many things so many good things, but few are more important than prayer. Timothy instructed us in um, first Paul instructed us in First Timothy two how we ought to pray. I urge you first of all to pray for all people. As you make your requests, plead for God's mercy upon them, and give thanks again. Pray this way for the kings and for all others who are in authority, so that we can live in peace and quietness. Did you hear that? Pray for all those who are kings. And all others who are in authority, whether you voted for them or not, whether you like them or not. It doesn't matter if you like your governor, your president, your vice president, it don't matter who it is. It don't matter if they're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter who it is in, in there. We, our job, after they are in there, is to say, God, now we want to we pray for them. That you listen, that they listen to you, no matter who it is. Because you may say, well, that's, it's not going to work. And they got their own agendas. But listen, Pharaoh had his own agenda, too. And, and, and God said, let my people go when Moses said it. And he let him go. And matter of fact, he let him go and then thought, wait a second, why did I do that? Go get him. Right? And so the thing is, we need to pray for those in authority. Whether it's your mom, you, you, may, you may disagree with your mom, or your dad, your pastor, whoever it may be. Not, it's just not government, but, or your boss man, whoever it is. Pray for them that God would help them. It says so that we can live in peace and quietness and godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. A, a service prayer is a prayer of service. It's more, I would probably even maybe change that possibly to intercessory prayer. It's a prayer for others. The most unselfish prayer you can pray 
is that, God, I have needs and I have things, but today I pray for others. Whenever Job had leprosy and all that, lost everything, he prayed for his friends. That's when he got his healing. And we need to pray for others. God is pleased when a church learns the importance of prayer. And so for us, we need to, our prayers need to be sanctified, steadfast, specific, if you would, specific, sensitive, spirit-filled, surrendered, and service-centered, or intercessory. And when we pray, we need to pray with acts. We need to have adoration and confession and thanksgiving and, and, and um, supplication. You've heard me pray and talk about before about if you're starting off praying, how do I pray? P-R-A-Y, praise God, repent, and then um, praise, repent, ask, and then yield. That yield part is very important, which a lot of people don't do. After they're finished praying, they're like, okay, amen. We have to yield before God so we can hear. God has all the answers, but if you're not listening, you won't hear them. All that wealth and all the answers to your prayers, sometimes you don't get the answers to your prayers because you didn't take time to listen for the answer. So we're just going to pray to God. We're going to pray right now. And ask, ask God to, to help us have more of a prayerful attitude. And this week, I, and also, there needs to be time that you pray, and it has, we really needed to start doing this. And I think last year at Thanksgiving, I might even gave this challenge. For a week or, not a week or so, but sometimes during this week, several of your prayers that you have, don't ask God for one single itty-bitty thing. Some prayers this week you pray, I want you to go to God, and I want you to totally just thank. Just thank God for whatever you want to thank Him for. That's your prayer. Amen. And don't come back two minutes later and say, okay, now God, now I'm going to get to ask you for some stuff. Okay. You know what I'm I want you to have just a prayer of thanks that it's nothing about you. All you're doing is thanking God for my church, my friends, my family, whatever, my finances, my job, my, my health, my life, whatever it is. Just go to God this week and just begin to do that. And then try, that, try it this week sometimes. Those little itty-bitty prayers. You pray longer prayers, obviously, but just pray some shorter prayers. God, I, I just thank you. I love you. God, you're just so amazing. God, thank you for those beautiful flowers right there. That's, that's cool. God, look at that beautiful family. I can just see the love. God, thank you for the love that you've given that family, God. Let, you know, I just thank you for that. Lord, thank you, Lord. And I just pray that, 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 same, that me and my family exhibit that same kind of love to other people when they see us. God, Lord, thank you. Oh, there's a church we'll go by. God, I don't, know, I don't know them people in that church. I don't know nothing about them. But bless them. God, let souls come to that church and be saved. Just, just have little tiny prayers all through the day. You know, I'm not trying to say that, you, that you're walking around holier than thou and, you know, you just can't have regular conversations. I just want you to know that it should be like that, this, this phone. That I walk around every day of my life with access to the, to the king. That I just, walk, I just walk around with the spiritual phone in my hand. And I'm walking around all day long with the phone in my hand. All day long, I'm just walking around with the phone in my hand. Anytime I need God, oh, hey, thank you. That's just, thank, I love you. Because he's, all, he's there. He's, he's not even going to pick up the phone. When you pick up the phone, he's already there waiting on you. He don't, an, oh, oh, hey, let, hey, God, angels, I got, I got to get this call. No, this is him. He's waiting on you. What do you need? I love you. What do you need? Talk to me. I want to hear your problems. I want to hear your, your fears. I want to hear your anxieties. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what's going on in your life. I love you so much. You're so, so beautiful. You're so wonderful. You're, you're, you're my masterpiece. I adore you. You adore me. I adore you. Man, yeah, I know you mess up sometimes, but I love you. When I see you, I don't see that sin because I'm looking through the blood of Christ. And I, and I don't see all that sin. All I see is the blood that's forgiven you. Oh, I love you so much. You're so amazing. I can't wait to spend eternity with you.
Yes. He loves us. He's on there. He's on there wanting to have a conversation with you all day long. He's just waiting. He's, he's just waiting. Anytime you call him, he is there. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Is there anybody here today that say, Pastor, like I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. But I want to be saved. I need Christ to come into my heart and forgive me for my sins. I want to be saved today, and I want to make sure that I'm going to go to heaven. Anybody at all want to raise their hand and say, I want to receive Christ. I want to rededicate my life because I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven today. I don't. Well, who would say, Pastor Doug, I want you to pray for me that, 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 that I have the, the discipline I need to um, increase my, my prayer life and I, I, that I'll pray more often than I do. I pray. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. But pray that I pray that I pray more often than I do. I have a better surrendered prayer life. Anybody? Amen. Amen. I pray I pray more. My hands are up too. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you humbly and we come to you surrendered. Father, your will be done, not ours. God, we have a lot of plans in our church and our lives and our families and Lord, we got a lot of things planned, but God, we surrender every plan to you. God, we just want souls. We want, we want souls to come to our church. We want people to be healed, set free, and delivered, God, from addiction and pain and guilt and shame. God, and, and everything that we do, we try to focus around that, God, but, but if we're ever off, off chart, God, please quicken our hearts and let us know that we need to correct our course. Father, when we're at work, God, help us at work to, to, to be the Christian that other people might see, that when people need something, they see that we're walking around, and even though we got all kind of hell in our life, God, that we are standing strong, and our faith in God is, is, is strong, and Lord, let people see that strength through, through me, Lord, and, and, and let them come to me whenever they need something, and they're going through a hard time, let them come and ask me how I stay strong. God, my family, God, as, 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 as we're sitting around the, the living room, God, let, let our, my, my, my children be able to come to me and my wife and my husband be able to come to me, God, and say, hey, I, ha I have a prayer need I need y'all to pray for. Lord, it's so easy for us to pray for everybody else. We can pray for strangers, but sometimes it's hard to pray for our own family. Father, help us to be able to pray for our family as well as our friends. Help us to be a friend, God, and pray for our friends when they have a need. Help us to pray for them. God, sometimes when it's appropriate and someone asks for prayer, God, don't let us just say, I'll pray for you. Help us to pray for them right then. And God, when we say that we'll pray for somebody, when someone is asking us for the greatest possible things that we can do in their life to pray for them, well, what a grand request. There's no greater request anybody can ask us to do except for die for them would be, Lord, to pray for them. And when they do that, God, don't let us be so flippant with that word that we don't pray for them. Help us to honor that request that someone has. Because when someone asks us to pray, Father, for them, that's a prayer of honor and respect for the person that's been asked. God, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you for all you're doing, all you're going to do. And we worship you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. I typically only have about 30 minutes or so I went a little bit over today, but I felt like it was something that I wanted to share with you. It was so important. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You're a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God. Man, y'all talk to each other.